type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. So a shameless plug to start hour number two of the show. Um, I'm very interactive on the Facebook page as I'm on the air. I don't know how I multitask and stay focused, but somehow I managed to call it ADD or whatever you will. But uh, so on Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB, and I'm able to kind of interact with you, see what's going on on the page. Um, and when I get good calls, like we did in the first hour, that kind of motivates me to share um, my sources of information with you or even some of the answers that I had for folks. And I really liked Lance's question in the last hour about um, a hard freeze. And I don't know that I was able to fully answer uh, what it was he was wondering, but in the time that I was given, uh, defining the difference first between a frost and a freeze, because I think a lot of times we use those terms interchangeably. So really understanding the difference there, but then um, going further into what constitutes a hard freeze. So I just posted that on the Facebook page. Thanks for the idea, Lance. Um, And as promised, I will be talking to our meteorologist, Christina Edwards, here in just under an hour. And uh, when she comes in studio, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, air temperature, freezing, frost, all of that, and then kind of what impact it has on soil temperature. I'm very curious to know, and I will definitely ask her that. So thank you for that. Uh, Great to have some of our garden friends, our garden experts, check in with us too in the last hour, really thinking ahead and planning for spring. And not that I'm trying to accelerate time and and rush through this winter season because we want to savor every day in every moment. And there's always something to be doing. But uh, I didn't want anybody to get the winter blues. I didn't want anybody to get bummed out. So I thought I'd give us something positive to think about in planning for spring. So uh, maybe we'll we'll play that again in the show in case you missed it. Heard from our friend Walter Reeves, Shannon Pable, Erica Glazner with uh, Piedmont Park, and Becky Griffin with the University of Georgia. So 404-872-0750. Back to your calls. And I also kind of threw it out there for you in the first hour. If you have Um, blooming plants right now. Mickey mentioned a couple in her landscape that make you happy and that, you know, provide year-round interest. You know, we we can kind of figure out our way and muddle our way through finding things, obviously, to bloom in the spring and the summertime, but some new gardeners may not be aware of some really fun, colorful things that they can plant uh, for color in the wintertime. So I was opening that up to you. Some of your favorite things to see up against a, a snowy landscape, some ideas. My my list is a very short list of pansies, hellebores, Lenten rose, I use both names interchangeably, uh, or primrose. Those are some of my favorites. I even think I threw out forsythia, that yellow shrub. I, I think it's a little early for that, but that would be a beautiful addition to the landscape if, if you like the color yellow, almost like a sunrise. Um, and daffodils, a lot of you have already started taking Uh, clippings of daffodils and bringing them inside and putting them in vases in the kitchen. And I love seeing those pictures. Mine haven't opened yet, but that's not to say that you don't already have a ton in the landscape. Okay, out to Rockdale County we go and say good morning to Daryl, Dave Baker's neighbor, huh, out in Conyers. Yeah, that's me. You are so unfortunate. I'm so sorry you live so close to Dave Baker. (laughs) Well, how can I I help? We're not actually hanging out. So oh, well, that's okay. good. Okay, good. He's probably driving in anyways and hearing this. That's the only reason why I said it. <laughs> so I've got some green and growing fescue that doesn't make me happy, even oh, though it's no. colorful. So, you know, it's kind of bumming me out, and I want to kill it like COVID or something. So uh, what do I do with this mess? 
Okay, so let's keep in mind, you know, you love the Bermuda and the Bermuda's dormant, but for a lot of folks who have a Bermuda lawn, I think they kind of go a little crazy in the wintertime, assuming that it's 100% dormant. I can pour Roundup on it and it's going to be okay. Well, let's start off by saying no. Actually, I would never make that assumption that Bermuda is going to go completely dormant to where it's just safe to use anything at any time. Um, and really, if you get down in there, you know, you, you may see a little bit of green at the crown, but there is a way to apply Roundup or glyphosate carefully to the patches of fescue, Daryl, such that it's not going to leave spots once your Bermuda greens up. And over the years, I'll just never forget Walter telling people about putting a rag on the end of a rake and dabbing that in Roundup and just lightly raking the tops of the fescue blades such that it's not going to get deep down. You know, you're not spraying it down into the Bermuda lawn. And that's enough to kill the fescue and it's going to die back and not be a problem. Oh, that sounds easy enough yeah i mean it, it is a little tedious but yeah i mean once you kind of get in a groove of just going along painting it on um it's going to be a lot better it's going to take a little more time than obviously just walking around spraying it but that's really going to guarantee that you will not have those dead spots in the bermuda um another option is like that product image for nutgrass um that's more of a selective herbicide but it is going to be something that uh i mean you'll want to read the label but it will kill tall fescue in a bermuda lawn and that is safe to use on Bermuda grass when it's greened up as well. Um, so that is something that can tell the difference between, you know, the two varieties and selectively kill the fescue. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not going to be as visible as it is now with the Bermuda being dormant, but that is another option um, if you're still having that fescue problem once the Bermuda greens up. So you want to hear a funny story real quick? I would love to hear a funny story. So... I had heard somebody, I think on YouTube, and they said go around and just spray it with a spray bottle uh-huh. of the uh, Roundup or something. Oh, so I grabbed my Roundup, and I went around the whole yard. I'm spraying all of these little areas, and I got back over by the garage and just happened to look down at the box, and I just sprayed all of my fescue with um, bug spray. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the... Uh, the blonde award, so uh, <laughs> a senior award, should I say? So, no, uh, you can totally say blonde because I'm a blonde okay. now and I make those mistakes quite often. <laughs> oh, you are. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know that. No, I'm, I'm not a natural so, blonde, so I can adopt it either way, whichever way it's convenient for me. Okay, you can go. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a yeah, I'm a blonde senior myself, so uh, my wife says it's gray, but I say it's blonde. So uh, <laughs> all that I'm work gay. for nothing. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's hilarious. I felt like a real yeah, idiot. But yeah. Oh, is she making? Any... She's making fun of you in the background, didn't she? I just heard. Yeah, her. she yeah. said we don't have any bugs in the yard. How about that? <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for sharing that, Daryl. Well, She's so make sure. So I always say, oh, ooh, wow, that was yeah. good. I just got that. <laughs> um, so I always say read the label on these chemicals, but for you, you may want to actually read the bottle, okay, and make sure that <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Make sure that it Thank does you. say image for nut grass, or that it does say Roundup, and then apply. <laughs> accordingly but you should be you should be good <laughs> okay well i appreciate that i'm gonna try the rake thing and uh um so i'm gonna i'm gonna industrialize that and get a big rake and maybe put a uh a bath towel on it and rake the because i got a pretty good bit and uh it's more work than i want to do but i'm gonna do it yeah and, so and dab it on there pretty pretty generously but not such that you're really pushing the rake into the ground you know but just uh, okay. dabbing enough to get it on the blades and a second application may be necessary on some of those spots where it's a little thicker but that's going to be okay great yeah that's, 
it's a great help. Thank right. you so much well, for hey, everything you did. Tell your wife that she's our favorite wife, okay? You're her favorite wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much for checking in. You better call back and let me know how things go. Okay, thank you All so right. much. Have a good morning, Daryl. Thank you so much. So speaking of a funny story, um, if you go on Walter's website, WalterReeves.com, uh, not too long ago, he had an article in his rotating headlines of um, a, a beautiful green lawn. I can't remember what it was. And then there's all these random little yellow spots. And, you know, someone probably sent him that photograph here from Metro Atlanta. And it's like, what's causing all these dead spots in my lawn? I got to know. And upon further investigation, you know, when you send me something or you send Walter something, when we answer back, we usually have a litany of questions for you because a, a picture's worth a thousand words, but we've got to know more to really get to the bottom of some of the problems you have. So thank goodness Walter had it back and forth with this person. Come to find out all those little yellow dead spots were Roundup on someone's shoes. So as they were applying Roundup in the lawn, the more they walked through the grass, they were leaving traces of Roundup every step they took. And so that happened to cause. So see, again, like it may be part of the backstory could be something that happened weeks prior to the problem that you're seeing right now. So that's why it's so important to kind of really tell the whole story but that that kind of reminds me of daryl's problem god bless you daryl that was great 404-872-0750 next we go down to henry county and talk to trent calling from mcdonough hello good morning ashley how are you so, so i gotta ask you mcdonough like the like the woman's name mcdonough but does it bother you guys when people say like mcdonough or mcdonough Actually, I am born and raised here since 78, and I've always known it as McDonough. So, so you... I get offended when I hear the McDonough. <laughs> so you, you say it like it's M-A-C, McDonough. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, good. Thanks for clearing that up. So I will, I will adjust accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? So I manage my lawn with a real mower. And um, the problem that I have found, you know, I don't know how much you know about uh, real mowers, but... Occasionally, they need to be uh, backlapped. The blades do anyway to, to keep them performing optimally. Mm-hmm. Um, but every now and again, you may hit a rock or something like that and get a ding in uh, one of the blades on the reel. And at that point, you would need to take it to a professional uh, if it's beyond your scope of practice to sharpen the blades. Uh, the problem I'm finding on the south side is I can't find one single service that will uh, do real sharpening. Oh. I've heard you had you know, Clint Waltz on before and mm-hmm. um, other turf specialists on. So I was hoping to use your network of resources to see if you happen to know of anybody on the south side that can manage real mowers or the sharpening of them specifically. Yeah, let's do it. Let's throw that out. And and there's a good chance that Clint Waltz is listening from time to time. I'll hear him check in during the show. He'll send me a text message. Um, so on the south side, because I just Googling it, honestly, and of course it comes up with places near me, which I'm up in the northwest, um, but it showed up real works, but that's in Auburn, so that's not Southside at all. Um, hmm, I like that question, Trent. I like that very much, and I know someone on the South Side is going to be able to help us out there. So, um, fantastic. Yeah, why don't I put you back on hold and you give Ann your email address? Because I, as much as I would love to think that you're going to stay and listen to the show until nine o'clock. I'm realistic, and I know you have a life, so you're probably going to go do other things. But if after you go, uh, someone comes on the air and says it, and there's a chance that you might miss it, I will email you uh, suggestions that other listeners have. How's that sound? 
that sounds wonderful. I appreciate you very much. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very, very much, uh, Trent, for the call this morning. And thanks in advance to anybody that can uh, help Trent out. I think that's a fantastic question. So sharpening services on the south side for a real mower. Come on, guys. Come through for us. 404-872-0750. I think it's time to take a break. And when we come back, top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. You don't want to miss it right here on 95.5 WSB. I'm Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt. A cold start to the weekend, mostly sunny by later this afternoon with a high of 44. Tomorrow, sunny, low 26, high 48. Hello, we are back almost halfway through the show here until 9 o'clock with you this morning on Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca, I got DeMarco, I got Ann, and a lot of you. I love that you're calling and you're bundled up in the house or in the car. You're staying warm because it's a chilly morning, as you just heard from Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So, yeah, certainly back to your calls. Um, And coming up at 8 o'clock, protecting pets, plants, and plumbing. Three P's that we need to think about uh, with the cold weather. So pets, plants, and plumbing. So in the 8 o'clock hour, I'm going to cover all three of those. Um, I have help from Ragsdale, heating, air, and plumbing. I'm going to have some help from meteorologist Christina Edwards and from Pike Nursery. So you don't want to miss that. It's actually going to be a fun, exciting conversation. I know that sounds kind of boring and very simplistic, but I'm going to take a whole hour to talk about it. So I think it's quite good. Uh, 404-872-0750. Of course, sprinkling your calls in as well. But now time for this. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. And I see a call from Andy in Cobb County, and I think Andy had to run, but asking, can you still plant daffodil bulbs now? Uh, The answer is yes, but they're not going to bloom, I don't believe. Uh, A lot of people will plant daffodil bulbs in succession so that they all bloom at different times. Um, but I think we kind of missed the window on that. But yeah, go and throw them in the ground, see what happens. Uh, okay, so number one, if you have a plum tree, listen up. It's a good idea to check the limbs regularly, see if they have any black crust on them. And if you've seen it, you know it, that is black knot disease. So there's not really a fungicide or anything that's going to be effective. The only way to manage it is to prune it out. And if you have a lot of limbs affected, you're probably not going to have much of a tree when you are finished pruning it out. So just keep that in mind. Peach and plum trees are really, really tricky to do, and that's... Very ironic here in Georgia, considering we're the peach state. Um, But always a good idea with a home orchard to to get from your county extension office the spray regimen, uh, really staying on top of all the home orchard sprays, pesticides, fungicides, all those kind of things. Uh, Number two, tend to your compost pile. So the winter winds and low humidity dry the pile out quickly. You might want to water it sparingly and on a day when it's not going to freeze. So this is to not do this weekend, I suppose. Uh, But if your compost pile is frozen, you don't have to turn it or work it. Wait until it thaws. And if it's not frozen, you can just keep throwing all those kitchen scraps, the green material on there, and brown material as well, like the leaves, you know, that that are in the yard, whatever. Um, Also, any plant material that's not diseased uh, can be thrown in there as well. And number three, cut back any frost-damaged plant. Entirely remove and dispose of any dead or diseased plants. So, like I said, not the compost pile throw it in the uh, lawn, refuge bag, whatever. And something that I pulled out that was just dead and it looked ugly uh, were my vinca plants that bloomed all summer and they were beautiful, but they liked the warm temperatures. They stayed alive and I deadheaded them all the way up to Christmas. 
But then finally in the pots, they were just looking pretty pretty sad. So I replaced them with pansies. Not too late to plant pansies. Still, we have another couple of months to enjoy those. 404-872-0750. Much more to come. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing, and I'm your host, Ashley Frasca, right here on 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. You hear Michelle giving you a time and temperature check, so you know it's cold. It is very chilly in Metro Atlanta and will be throughout the rest of the weekend. We're going to be talking to WSB meteorologist here, uh, Christina Edwards, in about half an hour. We're going to be talking about that, but we have we have a little bit of a spin on the cold weather, so I promise it's not going to be uh, frustrating because I know you're sad and you're bummed out that it's cold. Um, Want to say good morning to folks checking in on Facebook. Uh, Cindy, good morning, and Gary checking in. I uh, just recently posted something about a call we had in the first hour, and it was a really, really good question from a listener, and I have some other things from the show today that I plan to post as well. Um, and John checked in. And he heard Trent's call and McDonough. I'm going to start saying McDonough because Trent's a native. And when I do traffic reports, I say McDonough. And now that I know, McDonough. And that's how Smiling Mark McKay's been saying it this whole time. And I kind of made fun of him because he'd say McDonough. And I was like, that's not how you say it. Well, lo and behold, that's how Trent says it's, it's pronounced. So, But uh, no, John had a good tip for you, Trent, if you're still listening, wanting to know about um, sharpening a real mower. It's just really tough to find a place that does that. So he said, why not take it to the local golf course? Uh, and maybe the superintendent, you know, they've got real grinders and things at the shops. Um, so on the south side, Eagles Landing uh, may definitely have one. And that may be a good start. So thank you for that suggestion, John. See, we help each other out here on the show. Um, and if you have something you would recommend, feel free to call 404-872-0750. Um, and man, I, I, I got a little nostalgic when I got John's message on Facebook just then, Eagles Landing. Um, that is the area in Stockbridge where Herman Cain lived and um, worked on Herman's show for a number of years. And it's funny, it just popped up on my Facebook memories yesterday that yesterday was the anniversary nine years ago that his nationally syndicated radio show, The Herman Cain Show, started. And myself and Shaney B were a part of that, and it was a fun, fun ride. It was an amazing time. I can't believe it's been nine years. Sometimes it feels like yesterday, and, and sometimes it feels like 20 years ago. That feels like such a long time ago. But um, we are so proud of Herman, having just been a weekend talk show host in the beginning here on WSB, working his way up to, you know, that's that's what every host aspires to, I think, is a, a show during the week, a Monday through Friday, a daily show. Um, and then at the prime time slot, you know, in late morning that that Herman was. And that was just fantastic that that I had that memory pop up nine years ago yesterday, the beginning of the Herman Cain show, which unbeknownst to me, I mean, I was his associate producer and, and phone screener, but that led me to working on a presidential campaign, which I never in my life thought I would ever do. I'm not a super political person, but I really believed in Herman um, as my boss and as a friend and that was just a wild ride. Like I said, you start a radio show with somebody and look at what it leads to. So part of his uh, announcement to run for president back in 2011, and then obviously had to give up the radio show to make that run. And that was a wild nine months, boy. So a good memory here for WSB listeners. Sorry to, to 
go back into nostalgia a little bit, but you longtime listeners know exactly who Mr. Herman Cain was. 404-872-0750. All right, time to back, jump back out onto the phones, and we'll go up to Dunwoody this time and talk to Eddie. Hey, Eddie, good morning. Hey, Ashley, good morning. What's going on? Oh, Herman was a great guy. Wasn't he, though? I mean, his like, I can still hear his laugh. Like, I hope that never goes away. His laugh was so fantastic, and I don't think he ever met a stranger. I unfortunately ended up at uh, his rally when he withdrew from the presidency, and I was honored just to meet the guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was he was just as warm as they come, and, you know, it makes me think of Captain Herb. I mean, you can't have that conversation without mentioning someone like Captain Herb Emery as well, just truly as genuine in person as they sounded on the radio. Fantastic, fantastic men, and we were so lucky to have them both. He really was. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my question is about asparagus. Uh, I have a raised bed that I built a couple of years ago, and last season I planted some bulbs, and they they grew well. They bolted. They were about two feet high of mm. fern before I cut them back. Mm-hmm. I uh, since then had to add about eight inches of soil to the raised bed, and I'm just not sure this will be my second year when they should grow as asparagus. But my question is. Will they grow up through that additional amount of soil, or should I have dug the bulbs up and replanted them? Yeah, and kind of almost propped them back up with, with the fresh soil underneath. Um, how many inches of soil are you talking about adding? Oh, uh, no, I already did, about eight. Oh. Eight, eight, maybe even ten. So I'm not sure if they'll come up through that or if I should have dug the bulbs up and re- replanted them. Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I just talked off air with Mickey Gazaway because she has, whether like it or not, she's become my asparagus expert. Um, and so we thought maybe you were just talking about needing to move them around or transplant them, in, in which case you, you don't need to do. Folks generally have an asparagus bed. It can last for 20 years. But, yeah, right. your case is unique in that the fact in a raised bed, obviously, you know, things leach out over time. Um, I don't know, Eddie. I'm I don't hoping... either. I don't know. if I, I mean, I should have probably dug them up, but I just – like I say, I've made some really good fresh soil and had to build the the whole bed up. So I'm not sure if they'll ever come up or not. Or yeah, because I mean, planting depth. You know, I'm thinking of bulbs too. I mean, just with with flowering bulbs, a lot of times, you know, you can you can put them in the ground and put them upside down, and they and they, they always find their way toward the sunlight. And you know, those plants and perennials in the ground are no different. But yeah, like how much is too much before they're going to be smothered and not be able to fight their way up through the soil reaching for that sun. So um, I'm hoping someone's listening that's going to know the answer. Uh, very likely a county extension agent will be listening and will know the answer. So if you don't mind just kind of hanging around, keep listening, Eddie, and we'll get an answer for you because I just really don't know. Um, that's we'll tough. see what happens. Thank yeah, you yeah. We'll throw it out there. And no, thank you for the call. That is a really, really legit, very good question. So uh, Eddie had asparagus in the ground, had to add eight inches of soil to the top of the raised bed. Is that going to make the asparagus too deep? Um, that is the question, folks. So 404-872-0750. If you have an answer, Eddie and I want to know, and you'll win Star of the Show. I can steal that from the Mark Aram Show and give out Star of the Show to whoever has an intelligent answer to that. Good luck, Eddie. Thank you so much. And and Mickey Gasway reminded me, too, you know, when folks want to grow asparagus, it's kind of frustrating. It's, it's rewarding in the long run, but it's one of those things, you know, as gardeners, we've got to have patience because the first year you don't harvest it. It's going to be, you know, tough not to do, but you don't. You let it grow. Don't harvest it. The second year, you may only harvest once. And then in years after that, you'll be able to harvest it as it grows, something at least the size of your finger um, or larger. And the ferns, too, the, the asparagus ferns are no different than the greenery on a bulb. You know, a lot of you call 
in late summer, fall, when stuff's starting to fade, you know, the iris leaves are starting to look bad or amaryllis leaves, um, daffodil, you know, greenery once the daffodils are done and y'all are just dying to cut that back because you think it's unsightly. And it absolutely is. Um, but asparagus ferns kind of no different. Like the as long as that is green above the ground, it is feeding uh, nutrients back to the bulb in the ground. So it needs to stay on. But then when everything's dead, it's not providing any benefit whatsoever. So I would always wait until that stuff turns completely brown before you cut it back. Um, so there's just my very thin knowledge on asparagus for you, though. But um, make sure you've got a big area, too, because that will, you know, maybe over time start to get to the point where if it goes crazy, you're going to need to divide it out a little bit. But a lot of sun, you've got a big space for it. Asparagus is going to do just fine. 404-872-0750. So I think, DeMarco, for folks may have missed out in the first hour of the show, um, I'm proud of this cute little piece that I put together, and I want to air it again. And uh, those of you who didn't get to hear it, you will hear some very familiar voices, garden friends and garden experts who have helped me out tremendously over these couple of years on the show. Uh, I just wanted to know, what are they doing to plan for spring? And man, my friends really came to the rescue. Hi, it's Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. And what I'm doing to prepare for spring is to walk through my raised beds and clip off all the brown stems down to the ground. I've got flower stems from Asian lilies, daylilies, and cone flowers that need to be cut down so my beds look nicer. And then I'm going to go to Pike Nursery this weekend and get some mini pine chips and spread them in a thin layer over the beds so they all look nice. And whenever I see any of that darn chickweed or bittercress or any other small weed, I'm going to pull it up and curse the lazy gardener who did not put out pre-emergent like he was supposed to last fall. Hi, I'm Becky Griffin from UGA Extension, and I plan for spring by looking back at notes I made the previous summer on new plants that I want to try in my own garden. Hi, I'm Erica Glazner, horticulturist and community involvement and events manager at Piedmont Park Conservancy. And how do I get ready for spring? Oh my gosh. I get ready for spring by thinking about all the things I didn't do in the fall for my garden cleanup. Catalogs are inspiring, but before I can even think about planting anything else, I've got to cut back my blueberries, thin out, divide, clean up, and share all types of plants with folks. The first thing I'll be doing is making up for lost time. So all those plants I didn't cut back in the fall and all those weeds that maybe escaped me, I'll be addressing those. And then I'll be thinking about new plants to add to my garden. Hi, I'm Shannon Pable. I just received a few lovely things from Plant Delights Nursery, some hardy cyclamen and turmeric. I'll probably get those in the ground this March. I'm also getting a lot of hardscaping done in the garden this winter. I've been lining my trails with recycled wine bottles since our county no longer accepts glass bottles. It's a three year long project and it's getting close to 8,000 bottles in the ground and I should be finished in the next few months. Ashley, you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. You too, Shannon, and everyone there, Erica, Becky, and of course, Walter. Um, I I love that Shannon, we've had her on the show before, and I'm definitely going to get her back 
um, her artistic ability and creativeness with the wine bottles. And I shared pictures on the Facebook page. You'd have to go back a little ways, um, but of her paths that she has done with those wine bottles. And that's such a fantastic use for something that can't be recycled. But my county, Cherokee County, the recycling center, um, not far from where I live, they now recycle glass. And there's a lot of stipulations that come with it, but I proudly clean out my glass and I bring it to them and I invested in this machine that grinds it up and I think it makes like sand. Um, and that is used by the the DOT and all this other kind of thing. And that is actually an angle and a story that I want to do for all of you just because I think it's pretty interesting. So that's funny Shannon mentioned that. She sounded a little frustrated that she couldn't recycle her glass. But in Cherokee County, I can. I was so pleased to uh, to learn that tad bit of information. So I'm going to learn a little more, speak with the right people, and bring that to you, who knows, in a month or two. Um, to go back to what Eddie was asking about the asparagus, I don't know if this is going to fully answer, um, but based on Walter's website, you know, me looking at how to plant asparagus, right? Um, open a trench six inches deep, 15 inches wide, Set the plants, the crowns in the trench, uh, about a foot apart. Replace two inches of the soil from the trench over the crowns. Water that thoroughly to settle the soil down. Reserve the remaining soil to gradually cover the crowns as the plants grow during their first year. So initially planting them in a trench six inches deep, and now they've been made to be eight inches deep, kind of makes me think it's probably going to be okay because over the years, you're going to have to replace the soil, which is what Eddie did. Uh, so if anybody thinks differently, you're welcome to call and set me straight. 404-872-0750. It's time to take a break again. And when we come back, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, only here on Green and Growing on WSB. I'm Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt. A cold start to the weekend, mostly sunny by later this afternoon with a high of 44. Tomorrow, sunny, low 26, high 48. Thank you, Brad. That weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. And in about 10 minutes, we'll actually be speaking with WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards about a variety of things in the last hour of the show, protecting your pets, plants, and plumbing. I'm going to cover all of that. 404-872-0750. Before I get to the uh, three things to maybe do in the landscape this weekend, a Tim from Villarica called earlier and didn't want to be on the air, but uh, the best way to take care of new Bermuda lawn. Um, and, I, and I didn't want to let that question pass without at least covering that. Um, right now, the good thing about those warm season grasses is there's not a lot to do because they're dormant, right? You don't want to fertilize when they're dormant. That's not going to do any good. Um, so right now, this time of year, staying on top of the weeds and never letting the weeds, chickweed and all those kinds of things get ahead of you. Um, and as we had the caller earlier in the show, I think it was Daryl taking care of fescue that's growing in Bermuda. The healthier and the more vigorous and lush a Bermuda lawn is, it's going to be able to choke out fescue. It'll win. Um, so making sure to, to strengthen it and make it the best it can be. So for right now, not a lot to do other than stand on top of the weeds. Um, if you have Bermuda and you know you're getting full sun, you don't have low spots and it's still just not great, this is a good time to get a soil test and make sure that you know it's got everything it needs to really start off well in the spring. But really, that's when we start thinking about fertilization, um, seeding, adding more sod. All of that has to be done in the warm months. Uh, but Tim, for right now, to answer your question, not a lot. You don't need to do a lot with Bermuda Lawn. And what you can do is go on WalterReeves.com um, and type Lawn Care Calendar. And when you type Lawn Care Calendar in the search bar, you come up with a calendar, literally a one-page calendar for every grass we've got here. St. Augustine fescue, centipede, Bermuda, uh, 
there's another one. Zoysia. Um, and it's literally, I have it printed out. I have it in the garage. I have for years. I've had it taped to the garage wall. And that kind of keeps my husband and I on track every month what to do with our fescue lawn. So that's a really helpful resource for those of you who are maybe new homeowners or trying a new lawn. All right. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Number one, time to cut back any frost-damaged plant. Remove that entirely or dispose of any dead or diseased plant material. So as an example, I got tired of looking at the withered, frozen vinca from summertime that actually had flowers on them all the way through Christmas, but replaced it with pansies. Primrose is a really good... um, Primrose is a really good winter plant as well. And John messaged me on Facebook and said, Winter Daphne. Uh, That is a great idea, too. And my um, tea olive had some flowers on it not too long ago. So, yeah, there's definitely some ideas for uh, winter blooming plants. Number two, tend to the compost pile. The winter winds and the low humidity dry the pile out quickly and water it sparingly on a day when it's not going to freeze. And if the compost pile is frozen, don't do anything to it. Just leave it. Um, If it's not frozen, you keep adding all your material, your green stuff for the nitrogen, like kitchen scraps and all that, the brown material for the carbon, like leaves, small pieces of limbs, those kind of things. Uh, Number three, if you have a plum tree, listen up. It's a good idea to check the limbs regularly and look for black crust. And if you've seen it, you know it. It's black, not disease. So you've got to prune that out. A fungicide, probably not going to work. Um, and if you have a lot of limbs affected by it, you'll certainly be able to see it now. You're not going to have much of a tree left when you finish pruning it out. So just keep that in mind. Home orchard sprays and being on that schedule is so important when you've got plum and peach and apple trees. All right, it's time to take a break. But my conversation with meteorologist Christina Edwards and Ragsdale Heating, Air and Plumbing with some great tips that will save you thousands of dollars. Trust me. When we return on Green and Growing right here on WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.